Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. That didn't take long for KD, did it? <laughs> I mean, can I? I'm going to tout and, and rave about KD. Yeah. But I'm also going to say it's the Charlottes. It was the Charlotte Hornets. It's the Charlottes. It's the Charlottes. That's, I'm not even calling them the Hornets. It's the Charlottes, okay? Without LaMelo Ball, without P.J. Washington, without Cody Martin. You think they were at a disadvantage without, without those uh, players, without like, LaMelo? I mean, LaMelo just broke his ankle off of like a, a, a basic like move to the bucket. I've never seen – I don't know what's going on with the Ball family. Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, just I need you guys to stay Some healthy. guys are injury Please. Prone, man. Some guys are injury prone. Meantime, KD, oh. what do I always say about KD? He's when when you and you, everyone takes this the wrong way, or maybe they take it the right way. I don't know. Are you going to lead today with he is the most complimentary player in the history of the game? Yeah, I hate. He can't, I, hate I just hate it. But I can't it's okay. call him complimentary. It, it, but he is because any team he could you could airdrop him onto any team that ever was, and from moment one he will make them better. He doesn't need the ball like he scores so easy. What was it? Twenty three last night. But in the flow of everything, you don't have to design anything, just, just in the flow of everything and the defense and the, so let, and the size. I mean, it's let, crazy. Let, let me say it a better way for you. Go ahead. Okay. He's the easiest superstar to play with. Yeah. By far. Yeah. He doesn't need the ball. He's. But it's a good so, idea to get it to him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, right. it's so efficient. And actually, he makes a dynamic scoring guard. He makes their life easier. Mm-hmm. Like so, Devin Booker should lead this team in points per game, because everything Devin Booker does now with KD on the floor, he's such a magnet. He attracts so much attention. He's a catch and shoot guy. He's a catch and one dribble, two dribbles, pass it, make a play. It just opens up the floor for D. Book is about to be in heaven. Devin Booker, there is no excuse anymore for Devin Booker not to rise to that Kobe Bryant like level, because with KD on the court, everything about. The reads Devin Booker sees, the opportunities he's going to get, the playmaking ability he has. Last night, I think he had seven assists in that game as well. It just opens up the floor for Devin Booker. His life is easier because of Kevin let Durant. Me, let me make, put it another way. No excuses for Devin Booker. No. Right? Like, and you no. got the leadership guy in Chris Paul. And you know my theory. When the best player on the team is not the alpha personality, that guy can't be the second best player on the team. Now you have a problem. It can be the third best player on the team. It can't be, you know, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's uh, KD and Kyrie, it can't be Kyrie because Kyrie's personality is too dominant as the second best player. It causes a problem. But it can be Draymond Green, right? It can be because now you have, and that's Chris Paul on this team. Look at this. So, like, Devin Booker last night took 26 shots. Yeah. 26 shots, okay? KD was on the floor. KD in this game took 15 shots. Yep. So, like, just think what we've seen the last night. And good win for the Lakers. Good win for the Jay, Lakers last 10, night against OKC. 10 of 15 from the field. Think about this. Like, <laughs> you saw AD to 18 shots, had two shots in the first quarter when LeBron wasn't on the court. Right. Devin Booker on the court with Kevin Durant. Oh, no, I'm going to take 11 more shots than you, KD. I'm going to be aggressive because the floor opens up like that for Devin Booker. KD, how do you think you played? It was solid. I felt like... I should have made about four more shots. Um, I felt like uh, I turned the ball over a couple times off the trap. When I, you know, it was just getting getting used to that again. And I lost the ball off the handle going to my left, so I got to get that stronger too. So just looking at the stuff I didn't do well and seeing how I can turn that into a strength next game. You know, it's funny. It's not even a humble brag. He literally, like, he actually, he went ten of fifteen from the floor, and he's like. I should have been 14 of 15 from the floor. <laughs> Andrew, like, it's an it's a all, all MIDI team. 
like all and what I say by midi, that means like mid range. Like look look at look at the shots you can see right now on ESPN two. He always gets to his sweet spot. Devin Booker always gets to his sweet spot. Oh, a little shoulder in your chest, create an inch of separation. Oh, I'm a seven-foot unicorn. I can just pull up and fade slightly away like Dirk. You can't stop it. D-Book gets into those gaps. And Chris Paul, you know, one thing I always used to hate, Max, as a younger player, when coaches would say things like this, just let the game reveal itself to you. I'm like, no, I'm revealing myself to the game. Right, I'm, I'm attacking the game. Chris Paul, yo, game just opened itself for him. He didn't force stuff last night. Oh, KD, you like it here in that operating system? Oh, they book. It's time to give you a couple looks. You're being aggressive. It's just him distributing the rock, making it easy for everybody. Well, you know, it's funny. You say it's the all-midi team. So the mid-range shot, because of analytics, went away largely because the most efficient, like, it's guarded and, and not any more than the three-point shot or any less at the time. And so it's like, well, for that, if you're going to take a long two, you might as well take the three. Same percentage practically that it goes in, guarded the same way. Maybe a little lower percentage goes in, but you get 50% more points, more value. Score from the paint, easier shot, right? Or you go to the free throw line. So what happens is they stop guarding the mid-range the same way. Well, now it's easier to hit the mid-range, so it's not such a bad idea to take it anymore. These things are not static. They depend on the way the defense plays and all this. But the crazy thing about this team is, Fine, try to take the mid-range away. You want to open up three for these guys? They shoot the three just like they shoot the mid-range. Well, that's the beautiful thing about the, the style and game, right? It's like most people now, it's funny when you watch basketball, you were taught to run back and protect the, the rim, right? Now you see kids in AU basketball running back and protecting the three-point line. Like They're like, oh, we'll give you the layup, right? So think about that. Now, now you have shooters and you have guys that can take advantage of the mid-range game and get into those spots. And that's why you have people like DeAndre and who just ate off the boards last night. You think about what you just said. They're, they're running back to protect the three. three we'll give you line. a layup because, it, because hitting an open three is a, it, it's like a layup. It's like for these guys, for these kids, it's almost like it's better than the contested layup, right? And it gains I mean, more momentum when you make a three in transition. Think yeah, about it. Yeah. Yeah, and you get 50% more points. That's a big thing. I mean, too. Can, can I just. It, so. We asked yesterday, which I thought was a a pertinent question for the topic, Max. Mm -hmm. We talked about Aaron Rodgers and we talked about Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And we said the the problem with these two players is that it's hard for people to compartmentalize their greatness on the field, their greatness on the court, as opposed to the drama around them, whether that be self-manufactured or just media-manufactured, right? Kevin Durant has not played basketball in several weeks, stepped onto the floor in his first game, had 23-6 and six on 10 of 15 shooting. Like he didn't miss a day of basketball. What the hell is that, Max? I think like, that there's a sense with Rodgers and with KD that you look with Rodgers, you go, why haven't you won more? Now, he won a Super Bowl, but because of the Tom Brady standard, everything's changed. You need to win more than one Super Bowl nowadays if you're a great quarterback. And, and so they look and they go, why? And then when you see personality stuff that's outside of what's normal, what you normally experience with the quarterback, you start to ascribe the lack of success to the personality. KD also. Oh, my God, he's better than anyone ever. Well, why is it that it's really been LeBron's era? Why has he won the only two with Steph and on that Warriors team? And so people start to ascribe personality. It must be the personality because it's not the game, right? Hmm. KD... You feel like you had to prove something tonight or last night? 
New environment, new situation, new teammates. I, wanna, I, I mean, I always feel like I got to prove myself to my teammates and my coaches every day, no matter what I've done in the league. So, like, it's, I feel like it's pressure on me to be who I am every day. Uh, and I put that on me internally, you know. So, um, sometimes uh, it's, it's a balance, though, because I might go too, you know, think too much about a situation and, you know, throw myself off. So, I feel like it's all healthy, though, man. I, I, I got good intentions and I want to do well out there. And, you know, so, I'm just trying to get comfortable. You know what's crazy, man? Um, I, I wish Q was on the show today so we could talk about it. But I, I think, Max, is um, basketball, being on the court, it was easier for me to be myself almost than it was to be off the court. Does that make sense? You, you felt more yourself on the court than off the court? Because I was in my safe haven. Mm-hmm. Like, I was – like, basketball to me was – like, Q, football was the key. It was something that – I felt like I was an artist at it, that I just lo- – I fell in love with This is what you are it. supposed to be oh doing. This is where yes. you belong. Like, uh, the, it, the game and I felt as if we were one. And when there came times – and obviously there was a learning curve. You learn to assert yourself. You learn when to be passive, when to give in to other people's personalities, or when to be the stronger personality in that moment. But, damn, it felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And every time I hear Kevin Durant talk about basketball – the, the ball is home for him. It doesn't matter who he's playing with. That's where his home is. And that's what you hear about him. Like, that's the drive every day. I'm going to be better. I have to be better. I have no Everyone choice. can relate to that, to the place where, whether it's on a, on a field of play or not, the place where you feel home, where you feel like you belong, where you feel, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Is that right? the mic for you? I, I would say what comes to mind for me has nothing to do, believe it or not, Jay, with sports – uh, but well, it does have to do with sports. It was after my brother passed. It uh, I could not leave the house for about two weeks. I couldn't stop crying, you know. Yeah. And I fi- and finally there was a fight at Madison Square Garden, and I lived a couple miles away, and and it was James Tony John Ruiz, right? And Tony's one of my favorite fighters to watch. And I thought, you know what? Let me try to get out of the house and watch this. Hmm. So I go to the garden. It's the little room at the garden. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in the bathroom at one point, and I hear something happened in one of the undercard fights, and everyone's going crazy, and I hear the crowd. <laughs> and I really, and, and what, what it felt like was those are my people. That's where yeah. I should be, you know? Yeah. That's, that's where I, I felt like I belonged there. And it was the first time I remember feeling something other than grief. <sighs> yeah. It's almost like you find, uh, you find, I, I'm curious, I would love to hear people call in and tell me, like, where is their flow state? Like, where do they feel at home the most yeah. in their lives? You know what I mean? Whether that, is that on your ride to work? Is that, like, while you're walking, doing a podcast? Or like, everybody has that sweet spot, could man. Be a, it, could be in, it could be, like, you had a, a spot that used to sit in high school. school. And, like, you, 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 see, you hadn't been there for years. You went back and visited the other, and you sat there, and you go, damn, damn. Man, this feels yeah, right. right. Yeah. Like, I got to go down to Duke, North Carolina this weekend. It's at Chapel Hill, and we're doing a half-court shot. Yeah. For like the, you know, like the State Farm half-court shot where we try to give away $10,000. Like because I made so many shots in my life and real-time TV, like I look forward. That feels like home to me. I was like, are you nervous? I'm like, nah. I'm going to heave up a shot in front of millions of people. You know, just that's what I would do at home by myself as a little kid. 888-SAY-ESPN. Yeah, you can call in with, with your sweet spot, with yeah. your, where you belong, right? Like KD, from the moment he stepped on the court last night, he said he was nervous. He turned the ball over a couple times. But – he had to have felt this is where what I'm supposed this is where I'm supposed to be. 
By the way, we have the latest on top NFL draft prospect Jalen Carter, who is in who has legal problems at the moment, and we're going to get into that. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Where's your, where do you feel most comfortable? Jay was talking about the basketball court being a refuge, right? Feeling like this is right. That's what Kate and relating to KD last night, whatever else is going on and people are talking and you're switching teams and you hit the court and obviously KD is very comfortable there. And then, you know, we all have places where we feel like, yep, I belong right here. What's that for you? Meantime, Jalen Carter was a top NFL draft prospect, considered, until recently at least, potential top five pick in the NFL draft, was charged with racing in a fatal crash. So Carter faces misdemeanor counts of reckless driving and racing in the January 15th wreck that killed offensive lineman Devin Willock and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix. The crash occurred hours after the Bulldogs celebrated their second straight national championship with a parade and a ceremony. Here's Mark Schlaba. Schlebaugh, sorry. I'm, I, I, have an, I have like a, a mental issue with names, reading names, Jay. Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN reporter on the 6 p.m. Sports Center. LaCroix, a UGA recruiting staffer, was driving the Ford Expedition that Carter was allegedly racing. athens Clark County Police say that expedition was traveling 104 miles per hour when it crashed. They also said in a statement on Wednesday that her blood alcohol content level was .197, which is about two and a half times the legal limit in Georgia. Police said alcohol impairment, racing, reckless driving, and speeding contributed to the crash. Carter faces two misdemeanor counts, one for reckless driving, one for racing. Both of those carry up to 12 months in prison, maximum sentence, and a $1,000 fine. Uh, talking to attorneys in the Athens area on Wednesday, they tell me that, that those sentences are typically served through probation and that Carter would probably be facing a, a lengthy driver's license suspension. Dan Graziano, NFL insider, of course, you know him from this show on the 6 p.m. Sports Center on the discipline that Jalen Carter could face from the NFL. 
I talked to a league official about the possibility of discipline and was told that the league doesn't really have a history of disciplining players for conduct that occurred before they entered the league. So uh, unless they were to make an exception in this case, which is always possible, it doesn't feel like he would enter the league with that hanging over his head. Obviously, all that pales in comparison to the real life uh, situation that we're talking about. But um, in terms of the football of it, that's sort of where things stand. Jalen Carter uh, posted a statement to social media, Jay. Quote, this morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports have also circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all the facts are known, I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. So before I even ask this question, Jay, I want to make very clear that two people lost their lives, that this is in no way meant to, whether in fact it does, is a separate issue. But it's certainly no way, in no way meant to trivialize what what happened in the actual loss of human life? Yeah, Max. Before the, you even get yeah. into the, I, I just want to say, you know, my condolences to the family of Devin, Devin uh, Wilcox and Chandler Lacroix. Um, I had a situation uh, in the car in the RDU area after a national championship my sophomore year with friends who have been drinking, driving pretty fast. That could have ended. Differently for me, obviously there was a theme, a little bit of um, a higher risk tolerance for me at the age of 21 uh, that has followed the theme throughout the course of my younger life. Um, but you think about uh, the moments as a, as a young person where you're not using your thinking mm-hmm. because you're in celebra- celebratory mode. Um, and I just very much empathize with this situation uh, for Wilcox and LaCroix and their families and, and, and also Carter and the other people who are injured in the car and the people who are involved overall. Yeah, I just want it's to say something situation. about that before we go on, Jay. The, you know, literally the, the, the parts of the brain that regulate judgment, right, are not fully formed in your late adolescence. And even when you're in your early 20s, you're still, you know, much more likely, I think, to make bad decisions than as you get older, right? And... A very ba- a tragic thing, you know, a, a, an extremely sad thing, an apparently avoidable thing occurred. So, and there's a temptation, you know, people get angry because it's a helpless feeling, and anger is a re-empowering emotion, right? You get angry at someone. That's why when your team loses, people look to who's the goat, right? Who's the guy to blame? Not greatest of all time, like the old school goat. Who's yeah. the who's the who's the villain? We like to get angry. Um, I think people should think back in their on their own lives. If you're not someone who can look back at your life and look at several moments where you go, whoa, that was bad judgment. That could have ended really mm-hmm. bad. I'm lucky that didn't end in a tragic situation, right? Wow. Because I can speak for myself and many people I know. I think we've all experienced yes. that, yes, right? And here it actually ended in a in tragedy. So, so at any rate, that said, and not to trivialize the situation, the question now and and – Carter has to be aware of this, I imagine, that it affects his future in some way professionally. 
he's saying like when the facts come out, he's going to be fully exonerated, right? But in the meantime, NFL teams have to make decisions on whether they want to draft him. Um, you think they should have reservations about taking him where they would have otherwise taken him? Well, uh, before I speculate on wh- where he should be drafted and if this affects his draft status, I think, number one, you have to let the, the investigation complete itself. Let the facts come out. Right. right. Um, like, you know, was he there at the accident talking to the police? Did he leave? Um, once again, Jalen Carter, 21 years young. Mm-hmm. I say years young because obviously – the situation were to happen, like I don't know how somebody would react if they were afraid in that moment. Um, so I think letting the facts come out in the investigation, I think obviously if I were a GM, I would like to spend time with him uh, talking through that situation. Obviously, you would like to see uh, how he handles this publicly. I think um, his statements were strong on his social. I think the facts will present itself over time. I also think that sometimes when it comes to drafts, whether people have had mistakes worse than this or less, sometimes their talent speaks higher than what they've been through. And as a general manager, if you were to see this young man obviously show remorse, which in his words, it feels like he feels that. Right. Obviously, it's a tragic situation how he deals with this mentally. Uh, but I think the talent itself speaks for itself, Max. And when it comes to drafting talent and you hear about the generational talent that Jalen Carter has, um, I think as a GM, if you were to see the steps happening properly, that's not going to hinder you from drafting Jalen Carter with a top five pick. The, the closest comp I can think of, and again, we have to, we have to let the facts come out, as you said, because we may feel very differently. Either, look, this should not affect this guy, or wait, this is not so good. We, we need to wait to see. You're 100% right about that, Jay. Lyle Collins, the left tackle, who had an excellent career, was considered a top prospect somewhere like this, maybe in the top 10. He went undrafted when there was a murder for which he was not a suspect, but he had previously had a relationship with a woman. And that was enough. The, the circumstances were enough to have teams back off him, right? Because they just don't, if there's, if there's some smoke, even if it's just, maybe there's fire, this is, you know. So you wonder how this affects him. And, and you're right about the facts coming out, especially because it would be an injustice were this to affect him and it, sh- and it should not. But also, like, let's see, let's see what the facts are in the case and, and how we feel about Jalen Carter once they come out. And, and right. Max, by the way, just, that's okay not to jump to conclusions. I know we live in this world where yeah. you're supposed to have some kind of hot take. Uh, and, you know, before you even find out the facts, this is what I think and this is what – no. Like, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Let's see what the facts are, and then let's assess from there. A lot of times because it just fits into a category. Yes. Police brutality. So the cop definitely did it. Or for others, maybe think, oh, that, the suspect was definitely right. No, wait till the facts come out. And then once the facts come out, you make a judgment. We're going to continue to monitor this situation with Jalen Carter as more details are made available. Of course, more KJM next. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. 
With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. There's a finality to the decision. Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer this season coming up. And I don't make it lightly. I think that this is Aaron Rodgers coming to grips with potentially leaving a place that he's been for 18 years. I'm sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers and the whole process. So imagine being the team. Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and the Packers are motivated to move on. But this is my life and I'll make a decision soon enough. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN <laughs> Radio. We're going to get into Aaron Rodgers and what he said about his future. Uh, but I, we asked you before because Jay was talking about KD being so natural out there. And whatever else is going on in life, KD must feel like the court is a refuge because that's what it felt like for you, Jay, right? Mm-hmm. You asked me, have I ever had an experience like that? And so I think everyone has that spot where they feel like, yeah, this is home, whether it's a basketball court or somewhere else, right? Where, yup, this feels right. Where's yours, Rick, in Iowa? Well, guys, uh, long-time viewer, uh, mine is the stage. The stage has always been my refuge. I found that out at a really young age, whether it was singing, Mm. acting, improv. The stage has always been my home. I I love that, that, man. If you ever I did a, if you ever did a school play and you go backstage and the, the, the set is there and everything, you, I understand what that is. But it's crazy, like yeah. for some people, like when you're around a crowd, you see a crowd, but it doesn't. It still feels like you're by yourself, mm-hmm. like you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, I hear that. I might have multiple refugees now. I, no, everyone has uh, has uh, refuges. Yeah, refuges. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Actually, let me take that back. Yes, not what I meant refugees. to say was yes. yes. Jay, <laughs> that's right. Jay is. Uh, <laughs> Let me clean that up real quick, Max. Making sure no one goes to jail. Jay, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think that's the case. I don't think there's just one place where people feel, wait, this feels right. I think there are probably multiple places. Jay in Mississippi, what about you? Hey, good morning, guy. How you all doing? What up, Jay? What's up, man? Uh, Max, how you doing, man? I 
watched you a long time. I'll make it quick. Jay, love you too. Terry Key, I said, what's up? I know you're not there this morning. Tell him I said, what's up? Man, but my comfortable place, man, is in my football office. After I'm a middle school coach mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But man, when I get in that football office, just knowing that, you know, I'm helping these young men and keeping them out of trouble because, you know, they they, they really look up to me. Nice. And when they come back to me, you know, when some get to high school and get that chance to, you know, go to college and help out their family, help themselves, man, I just get in that office. Watching film, man, it just makes me feel good, guys. So I appreciate that topic right there. I love that, man. You know, it's funny because there are two different things, and it sounds like Jay from Mississippi, for him it's the same thing. There's, man, this is what I was meant to do. This is like, it just feels like if you're looking for a meaning in life, this is it, right? And there's also, wait, this feels like home to me. If that's the same thing, like for Jay in Mississippi, it sounds like it's the same thing, that's it. You know what you're doing for the rest of your life. This is funny as 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 a father, Max. I don't know if you felt this way when your when your girls were younger. People would probably be, he'll save a bathroom for me. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder I'm how sorry. many people it's the I bathroom. I got this heated toilet. I sit on it. I'm like, oh, conference calls. I think emails. number two. Yeah, I day. And I'll be at my wife's like, what are you? It's been That's an a hour. That's a bad thing. That's it's a- been an hour. I'm like, well, what? I got a lot of stuff to do, and I'm in my sweet spot. That's We're building. A, I'm in my flow state. That's a dad thing, especially the number of trips. Because if you have daughters and they're young, they might only be in there once every three days. What are you doing? So What's they're like, wait, that's the third time you're in there today. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jay, the fact that you said that, I'll bet you that's the comfort zone oh, for at least so 50% many. of men. Yes, with so many. Just get me away from everybody, please. All right, you can keep wearing, weighing in where your sweet spot is. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. So here's the question, Jay. Where will Aaron Rodgers feel comfortable next season? I, you want to hear? I, I, yeah, want, I would love to hear. Want to hear from him? Yes, please. He's on the Aubrey Marcus podcast about when he's going to make his decision. Okay. It's a very uh, there's a finality to the decision, mm-hmm. and I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. You don't like it when you think it's drama, think I'm being a diva, whatever, then just tune it out. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> but this is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. It's gonna sound like I'm really <laughs> nitpicking with Aaron. Because Rogers. you're about to. Maybe I, I find a lot of what he says interesting. And I like the cut of his jib in a lot of respects, the introspection and and the fact that, look, this is what I'm going to do. You don't have to like it. I agree with him a lot of the time. Um, The delivery, though, sounds like (laughs) he started majoring in philosophy as a sophomore at Berkeley. And he never left. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. The, 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 the delivery. I'm not saying the things he's saying. I what, mean, just the how delivery of it. Yeah, yeah. And when he starts, you roll your eyes, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, when he goes down, like the things that annoy you about it, right? It's like, yeah. oh, like if you didn't hear that sound, right? And I'm just from friends of mine that come up to me and talk to me about this on the street or text chains. Like, why does it take so long? Why is he dragging it out, right? Mm-hmm. So then he actually talks about the same exact thing that annoys I don't care if you think I'm going to drag it out. But it's the delivery, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, the way he says it. You know, there's a finality to it. uh, Yes, we know there's a finality to it. Yeah, that's what a decision means. (laughs) Making a decision. You come to the end of the process of deliberation, and you've made a decision. (laughs) Uh, 
But he is, uh, I find Rodgers an interesting guy. Um, and KD is an interesting guy, too. Like, why are we, as I said earlier, Jay, one of the reasons you look at Rodgers, you look at KD. There is an argument to be made, and although I think Patrick Holmes has, e- Mahomes has even more of this than Rodgers, but there's an argument to be made, certainly at a certain point in time, that Rodgers and KD ought to be the best who ever did what they did. But the fact that they're merely among the best who ever did what they did we start to look for clues as to why have they not been even better. And when we find things in their personality that doesn't fit into the, the square peg, you know, the way we, we it's, it's squarely, we start to say, aha, maybe that's the thing. That's the thing that's stopping them from being even better. But also, Max, I think here's one of the points, though, right? It, it's um, as an athlete 10 years ago, when I was involved in media, right, trying to find my voice, how do I speak for the athlete, how do I think differently than other talking heads, like who is Jay Williams, right? I remember people saying, oh, I just wish, just wish the guys would tell us how they really feel. I wish they wouldn't give the, the, the Coach K Duke, you know, written on the back of the nap cloth, like hand cloth answers, like just tell me the real, right? And, and players didn't tell the real. And now players are telling the real, and it's almost like it feels like it's going to the next level. Like, well, now I'm going to monetize off it, and I'm going to tell you the real. And it feels like media, now we're annoyed that they're keeping it too real. There well, which was, one is it? There was a movement in this country, you know, decades and decades and decades ago, the middle of the last century, called uh, the new journalism, right? And, <clears throat> for example, the way it affected sports journalism. And, by the way, my predecessor at HBO Boxing, Larry Merchant, was he may have been Legend. in the second wave of this. But there were a bunch of journalists who – you know, once upon a time, Babe Ruth got a venereal disease. And the way it was reported in the press, I got Jay in a spit take. He just oh choked God, on his I coffee. Spit out my coffee. But the I way it was re- the way it venereal. was reported in the press was that Babe Ruth ate too many hot dogs and got a bellyache, right? Because uh, because that's the reason you know, for the, the disease? kids are reading. Ah. And so the idea at the time was the way athletes were written about, they were idolized. They were put on a pedestal, but they were one dimensional. And eventually the new wave of journalism said, well, wait a minute. These are human beings. They have frailties. That's actually what makes them interesting. We're going to tell the full story, including critiquing them, meaning tell you what, what weaknesses they have, where they've erred. And a lot of athletes, I think, and I think rightly, think it went too far in the, in the direction of criticism, meaning the way the athlete interprets it, it's negative. And I understand why. If you're LeBron James, and 99.99% of the time you're doing great positive things, and a tiny little fraction of the time, because you are human, you fail or you come up short, including in your personality somehow or your character, why is that given 50% of the attention in the mm-hmm. press? It, it gives an uneven uh, perspective of who the person is. So now the athletes want to bring the stories directly to the people to give you a better sense of who they are, but also to kind of correct the overcorrection, I think. Exactly, but it's like the pendulum has almost swung like so far out. How much access do you truly need to give people where you have to balance it, right? You don't want to go overboard. Meantime, does it sound more and more like Rodgers is done in Green Bay? Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.
Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs. The NFL season might be over. Our champions of the world. But the storylines never stop. It's time for KJM's offseason check-in. The KJM offseason check-in, in effect. Checking in on the Green Bay Packers. Gabe Neitzel, host of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. On 94.5 ESPN, mm, Milwaukee mm. is with us now. Good morning, Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Morning, guys. What's going on? What's going on is uh, in your neck of the woods. How do you feel about uh, where Rodgers and the Packers are right now? I mean, it's just a different year. Same story, right? Like, I mean, what do we <laughs> – we, we, we've gone through this story the last three offseasons. Rodgers is unhappy. The only thing that, uh, that we're adding is – uh, he's had to go into darkness to try to figure out what he wants to do. And uh, listening to him on the Aubrey Marcus podcast yesterday, it doesn't seem like he's ready to quite make a decision. Um, I, I guess the one thing, though, is I do believe him at his word when he says he wants to get a decision done sooner rather than later. Just because last year when we went through this, he signed a contract on March 7th. So I still have faith that before free agency opens, the Packers are going to have some sort of answer of whether or not Aaron Rodgers wants to play in 2023. How do you think Brian Gutekunst is going about handling this whole situation, Gabe? I mean, obviously he's going to have to answer questions. You know, he, he says that they've had some kind of dialogue, but not the dialogue that they need to have. Yeah, just kind of changing some texts. Um, it seems like he is, Brian Gutekunst, for the first time in this whole saga, leaving the door open that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback in 2023. Because... It, it, when when he stood there a couple of days ago in Indianapolis, it was just flat out asked, do you want him back? And he kind of stuttered through the answer, well, you know, our feelings haven't changed, but if we get to that, then we have to see if the fit is right. What do you hmm. mean if the fit is right? The guy's been your starting quarterback for the last 15 years. He's done with the organization for 18. I think you understand who this guy is and what the fit is. So I think he's kind of leaving the door open because I think everybody agrees. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, you can't just go, oh, we're building for the future and we're building for 2024, 2025. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, you're probably going to have to make some different moves to try to make this team more competitive in 2023 instead of doing what the Packers traditionally do, which is build through the draft, hope these guys continue to develop, and then sign those guys to the long-term deals. But if Rodgers is back, you need to kind of jumpstart this roster a little bit and get a little more, especially offensive talent uh, on the roster to get them more competitive and, and so you actually make the playoffs instead of missing out at eight and nine. What do you think his legacy is going to be, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Oh, that is. <sighs> so when we went through this as a state, as a fan base with Brett Favre, it felt like at the time, like, man, I don't know how Brett's going to come back from this. I don't I mean, he's going to Minnesota. He's, he's trying to give secrets to the Detroit Lions. But you always kind of knew that Brett, who he was and what he meant to the state because of how what the Packers were in the 70s and 80s and how they turned it around in the 90s 
that they were, everybody was going to find a way to kind of forgive Brett and move on. And that's obviously notwithstanding everything that's going on in Brett's life right now. But when it comes to Rodgers, he was never as beloved as Brett. He was never as open as Brett. He, he started kind of as he went along, and now he does things like the McAfee show where, where he talks a little bit more and we get an idea of who he is as a guy. It's going to be complicated because I think there are going to be some people that always are going to respect the four MVPs and are going to respect the fact that he did win a Super Bowl and, and had to deal with all the Brett Favre drama back in 2008. But this just feels more – it just feels worse than it did when toward the end of Brett. It just feels like more fan base is going to – it's kind of turning on Aaron, just like, man, I don't care. I don't care what you do. Stop dragging this out. Just give us a decision. We want to know if you want to play football. And so many people are sick of that. I think it's going to be tougher for Aaron to kind of overcome some of these things because he wasn't as beloved as Brett Favre was. You know what's so funny? Fu- man, his, his legacy is certainly going to be complicated. You know what's so funny, Jay, as Gabe is talking? So, like, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God, Brett Favre's even better than Bart Starr. Oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers is even better than Brett Favre. Meanwhile, Bart Starr won two Super Bowls. <laughs> Favre went to, went to two and won one, and Rodgers went to one and one. They keep getting, in fact, the results keep getting worse, even though they keep, the, the player himself keeps looking better and better. Gabe, I think one of the hardest things for athletes is when, you know, these sweet spots, these flow states that we find that take us away from a lot of the drama in our lives are, you know, for me on the basketball court, for Aaron Rodgers on the field, and when you mix business and those sweet spots, it becomes tough and difficult, right? But I, we are talking about what helps you get in the flow state. So Kevin Durant, in, you know, regardless whether he's at OKC, he's playing in Golden State, he's playing in Brooklyn, he's playing now in Phoenix last night, you can tell his safe haven, where he feels the most comfortable at home is on the court. Aaron Rodgers, where he feels most comfortable isn't on the Pat McAfee show, it's on the field, right, at Lambeau. Gabe, where is your flow state? Where do you feel the most at home and the most comfortable in your life? Oh, that's easy. It's the golf course, man. Even though I'm in Wisconsin and there's snow on the ground right now, I count down the days. Getting out on the golf course and just being able to, whether it's 9 or 18, just being able to, like, just take that walk and kind of get away from everything. A lot of times I love to just throw my phone in the golf bag and just kind of leave, okay, I'll deal with that in three and a half hours when I get off the golf course, whatever's coming through. And you just kind of get away from everything, kind of unplug. And especially that makes a ton of sense, Jay, especially when you start talking about like the phone and how like that distracting that can be the fact that you can put it away for a game. You know, whether it's on the field, whether it's on the court, that makes a ton of sense to me. Gabe, I just I got to follow up on golf because I like to get out there and, and, and hit, the, hit the ball as well. Um, do you think there's any athletic ability that is needed to play golf? I just want to ask that uh, for the show. So is, is hand-eye coordination considered athletic ability? Yes. Okay, then, then I would say yes. So, so this is funny. Yesterday on our show, we were debating uh, because we had a local chef appear on, on one of the Food Network um, competition shows. Like, is that a sport? Because there's, like, skill that goes into that as well. Exactly. And, and there's, there's a clock and there's competition. And so that was a fun debate that we had yesterday. So if you guys want to, you know, debate that one amongst yourselves. It's like the debate that golf is actually a sport you have to be athletic it, it, in. And, it, it, and, and, golf and, and is Max a sport doesn't think Tiger Woods is one of the most strict, elite athletes of all time. Well, that, he's obviously not. But anyway, that, or certainly he has absurd. never proven that. Gabe, these seasons are Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Oh Gabe, God. thank you very much. <laughs> Anytime, guys. So what we've heard so far is um, the sweet spot, the place where you feel home, that feels right, your safe haven, your refuge. For, for Gabe, it's the golf course. For Jay, it's the toilet. Yeah, yeah that's fair. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Warm, that's okay. Heated, heated, seated toilet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that a sport? 
It sure as hell feels like one every because day. Because if so, I'm an athlete. <laughs> I'm one of the most elite athletes on the planet. Prolific. Yes. <laughs> Paulie, another cup of coffee for me, please. <laughs> How about you? Where's yours? KD is, ob- I mean, I'm sure he has others, but clearly the basketball court, whatever, whatever else is going on in, his, on in his life, you can just see it. KD looks right. Man, just get me to the court. All that stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. Get me, that's all I need. Give me that sweet spot, baby. Mike Tannenbaum joins us next. Uh, we're going to find out where his sweet spot is. He's still drafting Bryce Young? I think so. Oh, he's still holding on to that? Are, or are they? Is this all they just looking for is leverage? It? It's hard to say. Ryan Poles, I'm not sure. Ryan Poles playing poker. You think Kia recognizes him if he's walking down Michigan Avenue? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max are presented by Progressive Insurance and back right after this. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We'll